welcome to you from Inside the Hive with me, Jane Galloway from Quiet the Hive. It's a brand new series. Hurrah! I should really insert a sound effect there, shouldn't I? Um, a party celebration sound effect. I cannot believe it's series eight already. Um, I've got some amazing conversations lined up for you in this series. I know you are going to find these women inspiring, courageous, and really interesting to listen to. So I hope you'll stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe to be the first person to hear these episodes as they land. And if you have bright ideas for who should be featuring, then do let me know. I'm always interested to hear your ideas. Okay, without any further ado, I'll hand you over to the conversation. Just me this morning, but it's a goodie. I hope it gets you thinking. Hello, welcome back. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe this is the start of series eight. Incredible, really. Um, so how have you been? It's only been a few weeks, a break of a few short weeks, but it feels like so much has time has passed and things have happened. Um, series eight is going to be a goodie. I have got some incredible guests lined up and I'm really excited to bring you their conversations. I have got guests who will really open your eyes, make you think about things differently, educate and inform you. And I cannot wait to bring our conversations into your ears. And you are also always so kind and generous in your feedback and reception and celebration of the guests that I have on the podcast. So don't let this series be any different. If someone's really touched a, a note or played a chord or whatever for you, rung your own internal bells in some way, then let me know. I am getting ready to wind down um, the current cohort of my Awakening Women's Lives program and start the new cohort. I cannot believe it's time already to welcome in a new cohort, which I will be doing on the 24th of February. Um, so 24th of February, 2023, in case you're catching up on this from some distant place in the future, looking back into the past. Um, but this will be the new cohort and I'm really, really excited to work with this new group of women. I had a session with the current cohort this morning. It's our penultimate session today. And it was incredible listening to the places they are now compared to where they were when they started. Um, there has been incredible shifting and realignment and a sense of awareness of knowing what they want or where they want to be and having the tools at their disposable, disposal, not disposable, um, to do that. And it's a real privilege to work with women in this way. It really taps into my purpose, my why, um, which is about helping women to play bigger so that we look back on our lives um, without a sense of regret, knowing that we've lived it with a sense of purpose and fulfillment. 
And that's really what I try and do through the AWL program, Awakening Women's Lives. If you're interested in being on this next cohort, then please get in touch, drop me a line. You can find me at hello at quietthehive.com or find out more over at www.quietthehive.com. And you'll see, uh, you can either go forward slash courses, forward slash AWL, or you'll see in the menu there courses and you can find Awakening Women's Lives. I am so excited about welcoming you into the new cohort. If you've got any questions, just reach out. I have come back from a wonderful weekend away this weekend with my dear friend Carrie-Anne, who lots of you will know through the work we've done together um, on the Awesome Women's Retreat, and she's been a guest on this podcast, and in fact, she's back this series, so maybe we can pick some of that com- this conversation that I'm going to tell you about up in that conversation. Um, We had a wonderful weekend uh, by the sea, lots of walking and talking and drinking and eating and putting the world to rights. And we ended up having quite a heated discussion over breakfast around things that are really riling us at the moment, the things that are really winding us up. And for both of us, we feel like there has been so much conversation on these topics and so much has been done to raise awareness, but we don't see what the actual difference is. We don't see the so what. For me, some of you will have seen this post um, on LinkedIn that I shared from Mary Portis, who was talking about the deeply frustrating fact that despite all the work that we've been doing, women are still unable to get ahead in the workplace for so many reasons. Flexible working, as many of you will know, is a particular interest and and passion of mine. And that was the work I was doing in the NHS. Um, And I feel deeply frustrated that we still haven't made the progress we need to, especially when you think about the workforce of the NHS is 78% female and still responsibility for caring and parental um, choices often comes down to women. Um, And with such a huge female workforce in the NHS and such a shortage of staff and people feeling undervalued at the moment, you would think that this would be something that we would be clamouring for but it's just not that easy. The same with the really, really disappointing news about the bill for menopause leave being turned down due to the perceived inequalities for men in allowing women um, menopause leave. I found this so frustrating and so, oh, I don't know. It just feels like we're having the same arguments and same conversations and we know this stuff is good but it's really hard to make things happen as a result. Carrie-Anne and I over breakfast were talking about how easy or difficult it is to actually take action on some of these things and how quite often we can end up making our choice about how much to get involved from a place of fear. So it can feel hard to stick your head above the parapet. It can feel hard to speak out against those in power. It can feel 
endangering to do that if you're in a point where you are employed at a place of work to do a job where speaking out and taking a stand is not encouraged and we feel like the decision to do this is therefore taken away from us we do have a decision we do have a decision to speak up and to shout out about things and to take action but actually sometimes it doesn't feel like there is a choice in that Sometimes it feels like we have to go with the status quo, we need to toe the line or take the corporate stance. And that can be really difficult. And so that got me thinking more broadly about making decisions from a place of fear. I know that so many of us find it really hard to step out of our own way. And you will know if you've been with me for a while, you will know that this is one of the things that I really want to help people to crack, to step out of your comfort zone and into a place where you are making brave decisions. At the time of recording, I am really excited to be speaking to the Pfizer Women's Resource Group, Global Women's Resource Group tomorrow, about making brave choices. For me, I think what gets in the way of making a brave choice simply comes down to fear. But I think there's four categories in the way that this fear can manifest. You will find them familiar, they're not rocket science, but I wondered if someone listening today might be thinking about making a brave choice and whether maybe identifying what's getting in your way might help you to move forward. So what are those four categories? Well, number one is fear as I'm not, insert your trigger word here, enough. So... I am not clever enough to do this. I am not qualified enough. I am not fast enough. I am not old enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not pretty enough or skinny enough or funny enough. Whatever it is, this comes directly to you from your inner critic, the part of you that tells you you are not enough. But it's just trying to keep you safe, right? You'll have heard me say this before. Your inner critic is trying to prevent you from putting yourself in harm's way. So therefore, if it can stop you from doing the thing that feels brave, the thing that might be putting your head above the parapet, it will try and do that in any way it can. And quite often, we all fear a lack or deficiency of something that gets in our way. So it may be that the thing that's stopping you from making that brave choice is a fear of not being enough of something. So I'd ask you to reverse that, to ask yourself if the opposite is like to be just as true. Maybe ask yourself the question, what's getting in the way? We'll talk a bit more about that in a minute. The next fear is, I can't do it, I'll look ridiculous. I think this comes from a fear of what people will think. You know that this is sometimes the reason that things get in the way. I know it's the reason I haven't done some things sometimes because I'm not quite sure how to do it and I worry about looking silly or what might happen if I make a fool of myself. I'll look ridiculous. When the first time you go to the gym, for example, and you want to use the machines, sometimes you don't use them because you don't know how to use them and you're worried you'll look silly. It's the same with other things as well. 
sometimes asking the question in the meeting because you don't want to look silly. Everyone else knows that and you'll look silly that you don't know it. Actually, remember that everyone starts from a place of needing to learn these things. And the chances are if you're thinking the question in the room, everyone else is thinking it too. The next category of fear is it's just too big and too scary. There is literally no way I can do this. It's too ambitious and I might fail at the first hurdle. This stops us dead in our tracks. Our mind goes from, oh my gosh, this is wonderful and exciting and I really want to do this thing to don't do it, you will fail. In one quick succession. What we don't do is think about the steps between I want to do this and no, I won't because I'll fail. Because we're just thinking about it and in our heads, the way our minds work, they work so quickly that we don't really get under the skin of what's stopping us. Let's pick that up in a minute. And the final one is feeling too guilty. The fear that stops us is the fear of I shouldn't be spending money on this or I shouldn't be giving time to this. Or this will give me joy and pleasure, therefore I should feel guilty about doing it. I think this is often a factor for women in making brave choices. It means that you prioritise other people first, put them first and put yourself last to justify the guilt, to help the guilt make you the make the decision rather than making a decision on what feels joyful, purposeful and fulfilling for you. If you're struggling with any of these, here are some things you can try. Think about your why. What's your purpose for doing the thing you want to do? Often coming back to a really deeply held belief or purpose can help you to make that thing happen. It can help you to get out of your own way. For example, really easy example is, I want to run a 10K race and I'm gonna do it for charity. Well, actually, your purpose, your why for running that race becomes the charity. And so when you don't feel like going out for a training run, you remind yourself of why you're doing it, what the deeper purpose is, and it's raising money for that charity. That's more likely to get you out, get your trainers laced up and get you out on the roads. So think about what your purpose is. What's your why for this brave choice? What do you stand to gain? And what do you stand to lose if you don't? Explore what's getting in the way. So that thing I said about your brain working really, really quick, actually just stop, take a minute and dump down all the fears and hesitancies onto a piece of paper. Be completely honest and really give everything a mark out of 10 as to how likely it actually is to happen. What does that reveal? What data does that give you? Take it a step forward. So quite often we get stuck at the previous step. We get stuck at the, oh my gosh, I'm going to fail bit and these are the reasons why. Take it its next step. So what if you fail? So what if that big idea never comes to fruition? So what if someone else does it first? So what if it means you run out of money or from your savings that you're going to use to fund this thing? So what if you try it and you don't like it? That's the point at which we normally stop but I invite you to take it further and think of the contingency plans. Because sometimes when you realise that that thing, if it does happen, isn't the end of the world, it helps you to move forward. 
Okay, so you'll know if you hang out with me on Instagram, you'll know that I do three things Sunday every Sunday, which are three small steps you're going to take to get you closer to your wider goals or how you want to be going forward. This is based on the premise of having an eagle vision, so an overarching goal, but taking mouse steps towards it. Three things Sunday is exactly that taking small, minute steps because it feels less scary than trying to do the whole thing all at once. Another thing that I use in Quiet the Hive is accountability partners. Get yourself an accountability buddy. This is where your tribe can be so helpful. This is why I love to have a group of women, small, perfectly formed group of women on my Awakening Women's Lives program. Because as women, We're really good at saying to other women, of course you can, why wouldn't you do that? You'll be amazing, go for it. We're not very good at doing that for ourselves. Having an accountability partner that can check in with you and help you to explore the reasons you haven't done things or celebrate with you when you do do them is really important. The other thing is thinking about how can you tap into your inner mentor, your inner wisdom that helps you to move forward. This is a brilliant tool, again, that I use on the AWL program. It balances out the inner critic and helps us understand what inner wisdom we have at our fingertips, accessible to us, to help us make brave choices from a place of purpose, from a place of excitement and curiosity, rather than from a place of fear. Don't make decisions from a place of fear. Don't make them from a fear of lack or deficiency. Make decisions because they're the right decisions that you've thought through and taken right to that last conclusion. The question you'll have heard me ask before is, what would I do even if I knew I would fail? Because failure is inevitable. We all face challenges. Some more extreme, more difficult than others. But when you make decisions based from a place of purpose, based on a place of curiosity, based on a place of possible things you could be grateful for in the future because you have done this thing, that's the place to do it from. Okay. I hope I've given you some food for thought on this first episode of series eight. Get in touch, drop me a line, let me know what you think. And until next time, take good care. If you enjoyed this podcast from Inside the Hive by Quiet the Hive, then please leave us a five-star rating or drop us any comments in the box below. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Any comments or ratings you give us all help other people who would benefit from the content to find us. Thanks so much.